The following audio is from Shady Grove Presbyterian Church in Rockville, Maryland. Our mission is to follow Jesus Christ and labor for His kingdom both in our area and around the world. For more information about Shady Grove Presbyterian Church, please follow us on Facebook and visit ShadyGrovePCA.org. We're continuing our study of Mark. We're looking at Mark 140 to 45. This is the account as Jesus has moved on from Capernaum and now he's going throughout Galilee and a leper came to him, verse 40, imploring him and kneeling said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Move with pity. He stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And people were coming to him from every quarter. Four things briefly want to look at. The conundrum, that's a big word, kids, for a problem, a puzzling problem. We've got a conundrum, we have compassion, cleansing, and a charge or a command. And so this passage begins with just the conundrum that we've been laying out in this service of the issue of leprosy. And the issue of leprosy was really like an outward sign of an inward reality. It was an outward sign that you're unclean. And the law shows us our problem. It shows us that we're undone and that we are all unclean. And that's the picture of leprosy. In Isaiah 64, 6, it says, we have all become one like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted, filthy garment. It's like filthy rags. It's not acceptable to God. Well, this leper had the same problem. The law had removed him from society, from the temple, from his God, from his family. And the law says that this man is unclean. Leviticus 13, 45 and 46 says this. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He's unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And so the law can't fix him. The law can't change him. The law can't heal him. The law can't cleanse him. And the same is true with each of us. Children, young people, adults, old people, the law can't fix you. The law can't change you from within. The law can't save you. It can't cure you. The law condemns us and doesn't cleanse us. We all have a big problem. It's just like this leper. Romans 3 puts it like this very plainly, that no one is righteous. No, not not one. No one who understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And then he describes body parts from head to toe. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp or of of snakes is under their lips. Their mouths 
Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood and their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known and there's no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be accountable to God for by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight or declared right with God since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. The law shows us our need of a Savior. Just as this leper was undone, so are we. And we need a Savior who will wash us from sin. And yet we're introduced to Jesus at his birth. And the angel announces that you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. So the conundrum is our sin. It was this leper in his leprous state. But we're led to see here the compassion of Jesus and his cure. And the compassionate touch brings cleansing. In 1987, Princess Diana, we've got a picture of this, she rocked the world. What is so amazing about what she did in this picture? She's, that's a person with AIDS. And they were the untouchables. They were the deletes of their day. And everybody assumed that you can't get near them and you certainly can't touch them. And she, the woman without the, the, the royal gloves, the royal gloves are off. And she's touching these AIDS patients. It changed the world. It rocked the world at the time because it sent the shockwaves of removing the stigma, silencing the fears, restoring dignity, showing love to neighbors. What Princess Diana did was a really small thing compared to what the Lord of Heaven did when he came down from heaven, left the pure world of heaven of which he's worthy to receive all worship. He takes on flesh and becomes a man, fully God, fully man. And here he is in Galilee, at this fishing village with this rotting, filthy leper who approaches him when he shouldn't. When the law says that stay away, the crowd says get back. And he's to be yelling out everywhere he goes, unclean, unclean. He doesn't say that. He comes with contrite courage, begging and kneeling, and says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Pretty interesting compared to what he's supposed to, what the law says he's to cry out, isn't it? And Jesus repeats the same words back to the leper, but he removes the if and the hypothetical. I am willing. It's present tense. It's always present tense. He's willing. Doubt no more. He's willing. I am willing. Be clean. And he's willing to cleanse you this morning. Will you come with the courage that this leper had? Think about this leper. He stood out. He looked like a fool. No filthy, rotting leper approaches people who are clean. They know their place. They're to suffer in silence and in retreat. But yet he knows Jesus is the only one on the planet who can cleanse him. And so he doesn't care what the decorum of the day says. He doesn't care what people think. He doesn't care what the masses are going to say or what this is going to look like. He doesn't care about that. 
He just knows that Jesus can cleanse me and I'm coming to him. I'm going public. I'm needy. I'm desperate. I'm coming with faith and contrition and I'm begging and I'm kneeling and asking him to make me clean. Are you willing to do that? When anyone comes to, the, to Jesus like this in the Gospels, are they ever denied? Are they ever turned away? They are turned to in pity and compassion. Like the father who sees his son a long way off. And as Spurgeon says, when he came limping to him, the father came running to him. And instead of kicking him, he kissed him. And he loves him. And he embraces him. Puts a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and a and robe on his back and he kills the fattened calf for him. You see, the Savior reached out and he touched this leper. The message is entitled, The Touch That Was Felt Around the World. Reminding you, for those of you that remember the, the sound that was heard around the world, which was a home run in the 50s, called the, the sound heard around the world. But this was the touch felt around the world because this leper reminds us so much of us that his blood can make the foulest clean. This foul leper shows the world that our sin is not beyond his reach. We are not beyond hope. We are not beyond salvation. We are not beyond cleansing. You see, the enemy wants you to first think you're not really that bad. And that's his first, that's the first thing he'll always feed you. You're not that bad. You don't really need Jesus. You don't really need to. Then, then all of a sudden you're, you're I'm terrible. I'm way too bad. I'm, I'm way too bad for Jesus. And that's his second lie, is that you, there's nothing you can do. You're, you're in despair. There's, there's no hope. You are worse than you could have ever imagined. But then you come to, around to faith and you come to realize, wait a minute, there is someone who can help me. You see, we have this leprosy of heart, this hardness of heart. And Jesus is willing to cleanse us when we come to him. And Jesus doesn't become unclean when he touches him. Isn't that amazing? I mean, what is the gospel writers trying to show us here when they're, when they're showing us that Jesus, technically, I mean, the ceremonial law was if you touch a leper, you're unclean. And yet what we see is that the law of love supersedes the ceremonial law. And when Jesus touches this sinner, we see that where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. And instead of this Jesus becoming unclean, we see that the finite is, and sin is swallowed up by infinite grace. We see infinite grace and finite sin or uncleanness coming together. And when they collide, what happens is that infinite grace wins every time. Infinite grace cleanses sinners and Jesus is still morally pure. And it's a reminder to us, a foreshadowing and a pointing to the cross that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness for by his wounds we've been healed. You see, the immediately is the amazing word of this text. It doesn't say he went and dipped himself seven times in the river. It just says immediately the leprosy left him and he's clean. And notice that the plea of his heart is to become clean. He's, he's not like a Roman or a Gentile that would have been asking for a healing. He's a Jew because he knows what this really is. He's asking for a cleansing. He needs to be cleansed because he's unclean. That's his bigger, the problem here is he's unclean. But instantly he's cleansed, he's healed, he's, he's redeemed, restored, forgiven. 
And you think about this. He's disformed. He's disfigured. He's hunched over. Luke tells us, the doctor, that he's full of leprosy. His face would have been contorted like a lion's face. Fingers missing, just nubs, toes missing. And instantly, he's restored. Fingers grown back, face completely made whole. Back stood up upright. He's, he's healed instantly. There's no process, no performance of works, no promises of asking God to forgive me based on my future obedience, no appealing to past virtues or good deeds, no, no Hail Marys, no trusting in a confession, just trusting in Christ. Christ alone can save. And there's instant purity, instant cleansing, instant healing, and this man is instantly restored. That's quite a, that's some serious already in a not yet world. And you think about how this man went from the D's to the R's. The D's are all the disses. I was just trying to think this week, what would it have been like? And dis means this prefix for not. Well, he had a disformed body, disfigured limbs, distorted face, disabled with the disability, life completely disrupted. He's disturbed, disadvantaged, discolored, disaffirmed, disaffiliated, dislodged, distant from his wife and family and children, disallowed from the temple, disapproved by the priest, disregarded in the community, discarded by society, dislodged from friends and relatives, discriminated, disannulled, discounted, disgraced, and he lives with disfavor, disparity, displeasure, disinheritance, disparaging remarks, disrespect. Everybody has to disinfect themselves because because he's disintegrating and disgusting. How might that feel? Well, he's disturbed, distressed, discomposed, disconcerted, discouraged, disenchanted, disappointed, discomforted, disconsolate, disesteemed, disengaged, because he's disliked, disregarded, and disposed of by the world. Not anymore. One touch, master's hand. And he immediately goes from the D's to the R's. He's remade, rebuilt, repaired, replenished, reformed, reframed, recovered, rescued, curse reversed, nerve endings rewired. He's recreated, restored, rejuvenated, renewed, realigned, revived. And as a result, he's able to return to all that he's lost. He's released from the leprechaun. He rejoins his relationships with relatives, family, and friends. He re-enters society, returns to the temple. He has reintegration, reinstatement, and all is regalement because he is recognized again. Restored. Is that not what God does to us in an instant? When he touches us. But we have to come. Because he can make the phallus clean. And we come like David and say, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And when we do, we're reborn. Received, reconciled, redeemed, restored, reborn, and soon to be resurrected. And we can't help but rejoice. Has he touched you? Has he removed your sins as far as the east is from the west? Has he washed you in his blood so that you now know that my sins, they were scarlet, but now they're white as snow. They were red like crimson, now they become like wool. Maybe you're thinking like Francis Schaeffer's dad was thinking when Francis Schaeffer's dad, who wasn't a believer, and Francis Schaeffer was witnessing to him on his deathbed, and, and Francis Schaeffer's dad was realizing what a sinner he was, and he said to his son, how can a worm receive this? And Francis Schaeffer said, how can a worm refuse this? Amen? You see, and then Jesus gives him a charge. Don't tell anybody. 
He's given him this charge. Don't tell anybody because the, what would happen if he did that was that Jesus would now become just this huge attraction. He'd become the circus. And he didn't want to become the circus. He's on a mission to proclaim the kingdom. But the cleansed leper didn't obey. And as a result, the leper rejoins society, but Jesus is now like the leper. He's on the outs. Jesus can't come. And we're told that he is in the desolate places. And guess what that word means? It's the Greek word for wilderness. Jesus is now out in the wilderness again. To remind us again of the wilderness. That Jesus takes our wilderness. Just as Israel went into the wilderness. And when she was in the wilderness, she cried out, Can God really provide a table in the wilderness? And the rest of the Bible, the answer is, I'm willing. Be cleansed. There's a table. And the table's right here. And it's a reminder of what he has done. That we failed in the wilderness. And Jesus, we get all the opposite. We get all the blessing. We get heaven. We get righteousness. We get forgiveness of sins. We get everything. And Jesus got the curse. He took it all for us. He went to the wilderness. He's left on the outs. And then he's left on a cross. All of this to accomplish our salvation. Of which he said, it is finished. It is done. And now we can come rejoicing. We can come instantaneously now. Cleansed, forgiven, healed. Just like this leper. Would you come to him this morning? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come. O Lamb of God, we come. We thank you for this mission that was accomplished, that this wasn't just theoretical and theology, but personal and real. That you did this for us. And we thank you, Lord, for the peace that was accomplished to reconcile us May we receive that afresh and may it bring peace inwardly to our souls. Forgive our sins for they are great. We are not worthy of the least of your mercies. We are the chief of sinners and we praise you that you are the Savior, sufficient, and we praise you this day. Wash us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.